I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The first ever Nations League champion. Doesn't that sound good? It's the USMNT with an incredible victory over Mexico in Denver. What an amazing win. What an amazing performance. There's so much to discuss. I'm running out of voice. It doesn't matter because with me, Jimmy Conrad, Heath Pierce, to discuss it all. Gago Lasso begins right now. The Nations League has a brand new first ever champion. It's the USMNT with an incredible Incredible 3-2 win against Mexico in extra time. Incredible scenes. Oh, I don't even know where to begin, everybody. Jimmy Conrad in the house. Jimmy C, how are you, my man? I am doing great, LME. I'm happy to be here with Heath Pierce as well. And uh, I'm fired up. This was probably, I'm just going to throw it out there, the best U.S.-Mexico game of all time. It had everything. It was amazing. It had everything. And Heath Pierce, who uh, was with me at uh, my stadium, I don't even know where to go. HP, how are you, man? How's your voice? Uh, my voice is back because I can hear myself thinking and talking now. Well, it's not back. It's just if I if I raise it at all, it's gone. But I, I, uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. I, I stood up, Jimmy. Uh, I was sitting when the penalty happened that Horvath saved, and we'll get to that. But... I almost passed out. It was the, it was the closest <laughs> I've ever come to passing out in a moment where I was like holding on to the, 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 um, the electronic boards and thinking like, whatever's happening in my brain and body right now, it has never <laughs> happened before. So I'm just going, I'm just going to uh, go with it. And if I collapse, somebody will find me here. You, Everybody, you just need to know something for those who don't know Heath. Uh, he's a very, he's very California. He's super chill, like relaxed. Like the last five minutes of this game, it was like the Incredible Hulk had taken over him <laughs> And when he sat down and Horvath saved the penalty, it was amazing. I really, I'm very angry at myself, Jimmy, that I wasn't taping it. It was really annoying. No, and, it, sounds, it sounds like that Heath was mile high on life, you know? Oh, I mean? like, you're, you're allowed. You're allowed. Am I allowed to have that? <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy was looking, looking where to slot that in tonight. He got it right on the top. So, uh, well. Way. Thank Jimmy. you, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're you're allowed. You're allowed tonight. Horvath is Horvath approved, I believe. Actually, it's a joke that Horvath would probably use. <laughs> Unbelievable night, everybody. Welcome. USMNT win against uh, Mexico. Incredible. It wasn't pretty. Uh, we know that, but a victory is a victory, and what a victory it was, Jimmy. Let's just talk about the game for a second. Uh, let's break it down. The first half, uh, you know, it was. Uh, you know, I, I think Mexico dominated. Just talk to me through it. What do what, you think? How did the first half seem to you at the beginning? Well, let's start with the formation. Three center backs, two yeah. wing backs. I thought that it felt like something we discussed prior, that that was a possibility that you could go with it. And you guys gave me a hard time when I said Tim Ream. You're like, Tim Ream? And I was like, I, I know. I don't really buy into Tim Ream per se, but I could see where he could slot in and potentially be 
viewed as advantageous for Greg Berhalter. And then, of course, he started. And I actually thought that that gave Serginho Dest a little bit more of a luxury to go forward. The funny thing is, when I watched the first half, I'm like, Serginho Dest out here? Is he playing? Because I don't really notice him. And I think it's less to do with Dest and more to do with the fact that Mexico figured that out pretty quickly and figured out a way to stack him up and Christian Pulisic and made it hard for them to find space. But let's get out of the formation. Mark McKenzie obviously makes a mistake that he'll never make again, I'm sure, in a U.S.-Mexico game. I felt really bad for him. I know he does the podcast with Heath. I was just on the podcast. I DM with and send messages to, to Mark to keep his head up and, and just to be supportive in general, whether he makes a mistake or play a great game or whatever it may be. So I was disappointed for him. But what I will say is that with an early goal, it gave the U.S. a bit of urgency and desire that maybe wouldn't have existed if that early goal hadn't been scored. And I, and I liken a play that I saw when I was watching. 20 minutes in, DeAndre Yedlin is scrambling for a ball just to get a throw-in in as fast as he can. And I feel like that kind of body language was really important for the team. Like, let's just get on with it. Yeah, that sucked. Yeah, this hurts. Yeah, we never want this to happen in a, big, a game of this magnitude. But let's just get on with it and let's do it quickly. Let's get back into it. And I really like the way that the team responded. And I think that really permeated throughout the rest of the game. Yeah. He talked to me about that, uh, that especially the first 45 uh, and to Jimmy's point about the formation and how we were a little, and uh, you know, it was just, it was just weird, but you know, I, I don't know. It, I, honestly, everybody, if you are like listening to this and you're like, where are we going with it? It was just an insane game. Jimmy said that it was probably the best game USMNT Mexico. To me, I, I think it was one of the best I've ever seen in life. It was amazing. And because it was yeah. so imperfect. And I think the first 45 show that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I remember, again, I go back to this moment where I played in a Dosocero in Columbus and um, Dos Santos had a chance at the very beginning of the game. And it, uh, we ended up winning, obviously, Dosocero. Um, and it was in 2009. And I remember that elevated the game right away. It was like we had given up a goal where everybody woke up and goes, okay, we just got away with one. And like Jimmy spoke to that, that response was amazing. I thought that Mexico did a good job of calling our bluff on the ability to play out of everything. Uh, and then we started to play through things. We started to be able to find Acosta was, was his, his, his angles became better where he was able to start finding uh, McKinney and, and eventually Pulisic, who I thought really struggled, but McKinney and Giorena in much higher spaces. And every time they did that in the game, it led to actual chances, the better of chances, because they were just on a fast break, four on four, when they were getting through those types of things. So I thought the first half was a big struggle, but I also appreciate the courage of, of, of Greg Vanny. I mean, not Greg Vanny, uh, Greg Berhalter doing two things. One, going out with a three-back system uh, when they haven't really played it much because it is a, a player-based system to put your players in the best positions. I agree with Jimmy. So Daniel Dess was, was missing. And then part two of that was that Greg Berhalter took off Serginho Dest, who very early in the game beat three, four players to lead to a half chance. And, and those would lead to the ooh-ah moments that make you go, he's an X factor, you can't take him off. But for Greg Berhalter to have the, the wherewithal and, and the, the just uh, maturity to say, he's not having the day that I need from him. We're going to go back to a flat back four and I'm going to take him out. I'm going to put other players in that I think can contribute. Um, you know, I think I read somewhere in a, a, not a clear quote where he talked about how we had to call on all the players tonight. Like everybody had to contribute. And I thought that was a real testament to this team um, not getting buried because their body language was a little bit poor at time. There were some frustrations in the first half. Of you're like, oh man, they get that second. If that second had counted, that could have been another, uh, you know, mm -hmm, gold cup mm -hmm, final mm -hmm, before mm -hmm. they could just run away. You saw, you saw, and again, I don't want to go on too much of ramble, but you saw in extra time, 
that Mexico will just wear you down with possession. They had their guys as far high and wide as possible. They're comfortable. And then you kept getting going to, to, to Diego Lanes and, and um, Chucky Lozano to just go one-on-one and just stir things up. And I was like, this is, this is what would have happened in the first half if that second goal had stood. They would have just stretched you, frustrated you, flopped on the ground, drew fouls, done all the things to really, really just end the day. And fortunately, we got, we got lucky with, with, with that, that. Not lucky with the call, but we got a little bit lucky with the call. And that led to as Jimmy talked about, starting to come back into that game. Well, Stefan had a tremendous save as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one-on-one with, with, with Chucky as well. All right, let's move into the second half there, Jimmy. Uh, I thought the USMNT looked a little bit better and, you know, creating some chances to um, Heath's point about Weah coming in. And for, for a while, he was more of a wingback, uh, not really doing much, but he got more into it. How did you see that second half? I thought to Heath's point about Serginho Dest, I thought that was a bold call by Greg to take him out as early as he did. It was nice to actually see some subs at at a reasonable time as opposed to all of us going, is he ever going to make a sub? So that was nice to see. I will say, though, when we moved back to a back four and took Dest out, we felt and looked a little bit more comfortable. But the problem is we then left Tim Ream exposed as a left back. He can't be out there by himself. And I thought Mexico picked up on that very, very quickly. And Tuna was running at him, no problem. And then when Diego Lainez came on within a minute, he scored, right? And I'm pretty sure he got the information from Tata Martino and the staff, just run at this guy because he can't handle that. And the second part of that is we can, and and Greg did address that uh, to his credit. I thought Robinson was going to come on, but he ended up uh, bringing uh, somebody else in and Acosta took over at left back. Though, if, you are, if you're one of the center backs, and I'm looking at Brooks here a little bit, if you know that Tim Ream's being exposed a little bit or he's being picked on, you have to slide over and give a little bit. Like You have to anticipate that that's what's happening and recognize it. Or somebody from the staff has to say something. So there are a little couple things that I think could have been a little bit better. But again, obviously, winning's going to solve or at least make us feel good about it. And then we can look at these things, hopefully, with open ears and not feeling so defensive about kind of how our movements or our actions or whatever it may be. So, so that was one thing that jumped out at me. But I did think that we looked more comfortable when we went into the back four. And I thought a lot of the subs made a big difference. Obviously, the Horvath one was probably the most important. But I will say, when I look at the plays that, or at least the attacking forays that we had that were meaningful, I mean, all we scored both of our goals on set pieces. Well, the third goal, too, the Christian, uh, the Christian Pulisic penalty. Yeah, was, Mexico was couldn't piece. deal with corners. They, they could not. And Weston McKinney was channeling his inner Jimmy Conrad. I'm just going to say it. I mean, the guy was massive on corner kicks. I, I was mean, going to say it, Jimmy. I was <laughs> going to say I was, it. I was beating you to it because I wanted to say it. But but it it was he was fantastic. And, and when I look at Mexico, I watched a couple of the replays. And obviously, when in these moments, I'm usually just focusing on the U.S. But the fact that they play that zonal marking and are giving Weston McKinney a, a head start to run wherever he wants and attack the ball is ridiculous defending, by the way. And I think that'll get addressed moving forward. But but there is still run of play issues that I had. We didn't really break down Mexico and get any clear cut opportunities. So that's something to to be concerned about, or at least to address in some capacity. Hopefully, we'll get to play them again in the Gold Cup because I think that would be next level, especially because we have this very emotional I'm sure win, win over them. But but there are a couple things, Luis, that I thought, yeah, we got away with to get to kind of Heath's point that if we got exposed on another day, maybe we would have given up a goal. Yeah, well, we can't forget a few things here, by the way. Mexico scored, like Diego Lainez, when he came on, he he completely gave <laughs> them a third. A I'm telling you, like, I was so close. Heath and I were so close to Diego Lainez in the, um, towards an extra time because, the, you know, when they switched. And 
his footwork is magical. <laughs> like he, he just, like, you know, you mentioned how, you know, sometimes you need a protection for, for, for Tim Ream. Like, you know, whenever Linez had the ball, like they needed like three on him because he was so good. But anyway, Mexico scored in the 80th minute in the second half. And just to, this was just the beginning of a great narrative, which was like USMNT did not give up. And they were like, we just got to keep going. And, and minutes later, McKinney with that great header. We go into extra time, Heath Pierce. And it's just at this point, it's just, you know, anybody's game. I, I, I think Mexico controlled it better. But to me, it was a perfect example of like, why is Chicharito not here? Like, because honestly, they could have they could have done some things. But uh, what, what do you think of extra time? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I mentioned it before. Mexico dominated extra time. They had possession and they, they just did. kept they just kept going to Chucky and kept going to Linus who were both look like they were moving at one and a half speed to everybody else at single speed, right? They were breaking through. And then finally, when the U S would collapse on that, they'd make the pass, which would lead to these like wide moments where you're like, Oh no, we're outnumbered. Something's going to happen. Right. And I, and I think we got out of that uh, again, a little bit uh, with some luck, but as, as Jimmy knows in, in these types of situations, sometimes you need luck. You know, you're going at an elevation like this. You're playing against Mexico. They're wearing you down. You need a few things to go your way. And and I think the U.S. got that. I think I don't think the ref helped at all. I think the ref played against the U.S. Uh, constantly from the Brooks uh, very first yellow card that put him in a tough spot for the rest of the game to, you know, other random things that were happening. I thought that he didn't have a ton of control to the debacle that was happening around the VAR when it was just everybody crowding around. Like they were, uh, that was to, incredible. You know, like, yeah, like he was in the screen and he had like a, you know, like when he had like 50 people around him, which obviously, uh, you know, made Tata Martino get that red card as well. Was it a penalty? I haven't <laughs> seen enough. Like I haven't seen enough of the, uh, the replays. Like I've literally, we went from the game to the end and I watched a few, a few angles, but I know that Luis, you said it was, and I know that uh, that Ian said it wasn't. Um, you know, what's, I, I what's think your that Jimmy? there's an argument, and maybe, but I, I just, it was, I can't believe that he gave it. Well, Jimmy, what do you think? I would say that it felt harsh. I thought that Christian took a big touch, and because that touch was as big as it was, it gave defenders a chance to body him out. I think that if that play had happened in the middle of the field, the referee would have said play on, but because I, I don't think he even, he, I think he said play on initially and then VAR actually called him to go check. So, so his initial instinct I think was fine. I, my, my big issue, I've, I've actually talked to a few friends that were like absolute pen, blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, I, I don't know which defender you're looking at. Cause for me, the second defender who kind of comes in, and, and kind of puts himself between Pulisic and the ball, I don't think that's a penalty at all. And I would be pissed as a former defender if that had happened to me during a game. The first one, though, that first defender who kind of takes a stab and kind of gives him a little bit of that hip check, maybe that's... He gets the ball, though, right? Doesn't he? I think he does. And so it, it felt a little bit harsh, but the referee, who I thought was pro-Mexico most of the game, so I was a little <laughs> surprised that he called that uh, for the U.S., he totally redeemed himself and became pro-Mexico again to uh, give Mexico a penalty. But... But uh, man, it just really kind of added to the drama, to be honest. I mean, what, it, what, was the Mexico it, penalty a penalty? I mean, again, we I was watching as much as I could on my it, phone, but there's no. No, I mean, it, like it does hit his hand. hand. It, it does change direction, but his hand is a, just a little bit off to the side. It's one of those where I could see why it was called, you know, but 
I couldn't believe it. I mean, Again, I felt bad for McKenzie. Penalty all- before that, do you think he calls that? Probably not, right? Like a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, like- yeah, yeah. I don't think he calls it if then. But once he went to VAR, I'm like, I knew it. I knew he was yeah. gonna call it. It's what I call. It's what I. It's what I call. Oh, I gotta check myself now because <laughs> I, I messed up kind of decision. Like you, you, you should, I mean, listen. He knew. He knew that it was a silly mistake to put everything on the line for that penalty for Pulisic that he had to give something for Mexico, right? Pulisic's penalty, fantastic. Then. Andres Guardado steps up and you're thinking, I mean, I, this is everybody when Heath is like about to pass out and, <laughs> and he's like, you know, we're all just staring that. at Ethan Harvard. Ethan Harvard, by the way, local kid grew up 13 miles Amazing. south of downtown Denver. Just you look at him and you just think this is the kid that I trust. You know, you know, when you're in high school and you're like, you know, you have that friend that you tell, listen, I'm going to go out with a girl. Like, just can you, if you, my mom asked, just say that we stayed with you. And, and like, like, that's Ethan Harvard. Like, he's just a nice, and he, forget the penalty. He had a ridiculous, as soon as he like stepped between the sticks, some of those saves were amazing. But, but, but when he, when he gave up that goal, I was like, oh no, he's not going to find the rhythm of the game. He's not playing. And you go, you know, it was a great individual effort, but it makes you go, man, I hope he can settle into this. And he's, and he stood on his head a few times. And his timing of coming one-hander. out, you know, the one hander to, to, to the side of just, and it, he looked a little hesitant to go after that when he made that save too. And then he went after it. It didn't get a confident hand on it, but he got a really good hand on it to be able to make that save. And, and yeah, those are the, those are the kinds of moments that uh, again, build this team up, right? This is, we, we talk about, we, we talk about the nation's league and, and the value of it. And, and if you fall short, you go, ah, you know, it's just the nation's league and it's not qualifying whatever. Like I've become a cynical fan of this team because I wait, I've, you know, you go back to 2018 and through that cycle, anybody who's paying attention, you just wait for disaster to happen. Right. You, you just, I grew into this constant disappointment of they're going to let it go. They're, they're going to let it go, but they kept, Every time they faced a little bit of adversity, you could see their sort of puff up a little bit more. And I go, it, it all comes down to me of a guy like Weston McKinney struggled against Honduras. Pulisic struggled in the first half today, but then Weston McKinney put a lot of things on his back and started to like, you know, individual moments. As Jimmy knows, he was a guy that was very busy in a box on set pieces. That can change everything. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we were talking about Mark's mistake. The only way he makes up for it, if he gets aggressive in the box, you know, and he, and he goes in and scores himself a goal. Um, and so when you have players like that, you start to see them arrive on these moments. Pulisic's penalty was phenomenal. Just it was ridiculous. It was like, that's one of the best penalties I've ever seen. And under that kind of pressure, it was like a, a delivery. And, and, and I go back to the, the, the pregame on, on HQ when Landon was on there. I remember for long spells of very hard games where I couldn't find Landon on the field. He wasn't in it. But then when that moment came where it was like, okay, this is my moment, that was Landon Donovan time. Yeah. And that was Clint Dempsey up. time. Yeah. And that was Tim Howard time against uh, Belgium standing on his You know, these, these guys, uh, I guess we're so, uh, again, I'm on my soapbox now, but I guess we're so spoiled with the quality of these players playing at the, clubs that we're at that we don't realize that uh, the international game is very different and very rarely are you are you 90 minutes dominant you know we saw Gio Reyna against I don't know who it was Trinidad or whatever like take over the game and you're like okay uh, that doesn't really mean anything but this is the biggest game he's ever played in and you know to, to do what he did to run at players to have the quality that he had you're like this kid's 18 we forget how young they are mm-hmm. and we also need to drop the past and realize that these players are building their own future they're building their own 
narrative and 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 it's fun to watch it's fun it's fun to watch them suffer and come out of it alive you know uh i don't know i mean i'm i, I i'm 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 fan i'm fanboying like, <laughs> you, you have every right it was unbelievable jimmy uh, all right so and then the whistle goes uh, ethan horvath falls to the ground if you haven't seen my video on twitter please watch it it's like the entire team and retweet it and like it jimmy make sure you yeah please i need i need i need my i need my clicks uh but Sack Stefan, an injured sack, runs to him as well. Like it was just, the, you know, and you've talked about this, just the collective unity that you just need, you know. Uh, so to put a ribbon on it, what, what did that moment feel? And what, what do you think it means now as we look ahead to World Cup qualifiers on the Gold Cup, of course? Yeah. So what I would say, the first thing that jumps out at me is the the haters out there that like, oh, the CONCACAF Nations League. Why are we even, why, what are these games? What are we doing? And I think that celebration shows you why it matters. That celebration and that whole game. I mean, just the going back and forth, the chippiness, because it matter, It matters to both of those teams. It matters to both of those players. And, and whether they're, you know, dabbling in the dark arts of diving. I think a lot of those players, I'm looking at you, Tecatito was wearing his Mexican national team swim trunks because he thought the field was a swimming pool. That's how much diving he was doing. And I love him. He was ridiculous, though, man. He's so much fun to watch that guy. But but I I don't mind it. You know, right, they, it right. bothers other people, but I think it's great. I, I love that, that that exists. They're trying to gain an advantage on us. They're trying to get in our heads. And if you buy into it, yeah. then that's on you. That's not on them. They're trying to get into that. So I love everything about it. And I love that this game mattered and, and this was very important for this group of players to Heath's point they've they've suffered together they've gone through something they've gone through this experience so that well they're in World Cup qualifying and they are playing in an Azteca in Mexico City and they're down or whatever it may be and it's tough they're going to be able to lean on these moments and say we've been through this before let's do it again but you have to have those moments to be able to look at each other that way and yeah, I'm, so I'm going to start fanboying as well, but I'm really proud of this group of players. You can tell their togetherness is there, that even if Zach Steffen went out, somebody else stepped up and, and uh, took responsibility, not only in his position, but all over the field. And I think it shows the depth of the team, the maturity of the team, the continued evolution of the team. And this goes for Greg Berhalter as well. I mean, he made some risky choices and it, and it paid off today. And and uh, hopefully, how long may that continue? But I really hope that we get you uh, U.S. Mexico in the Gold Cup. Hopefully, it's in the final August first. For August, I can't speak right now. August first in Las Vegas because I'm going to be there for sure. And then World Cup qualifying uh, is going to be its own, uh, you know, own kettle of fish. But uh, I fully expect us to qualify for the World Cup, and and uh, I've got some big hopes and dreams for this team. So uh, hopefully, they can continue to perform. Well, that's how I want to end it, actually, because I think that now that, you know, this first victory for first major trophy for uh, Greg Berhalter as, as head coach and head coach, I can't talk, head coach, <laughs> uh, USMNT now looking ahead to the Gold Cup. So hopefully we'll see that. But most importantly, and this is where I want your final thoughts is, you know, I think it revitalizes the rivalry again and it makes it a little because Mexico is now going to be pissed. Right. <laughs> and I'm wondering now, you know, it's maybe not so much Gold Cup, but World Cup qualifiers when the U.S. has to play away from home and they have to go to difficult locations. That, to me, is the next step. That's what I'm looking for. What are you looking for, Heath? Yeah, I think this is a step towards that, right? You realize very quickly in CONCACAF, especially when you're the U.S., there's a good chance you're going to play away from home, at home, against Mexico. And as I mentioned before, I, I thought this, this rivalry fell a little bit flat over the last couple of years, because it was in a transitional phase, you know, um, and there wasn't the, this heated, the, like just 
like like you used to see in the Manchester Derby, right? Where you go, oh, you guys kick each other and all these things. U.S. Mexico, and I'm going to say this plain and simple, is one of the best football soccer rivalries in the world. When 100%. You watch this tape. When you see the intensity of the tackles, when you see how many times there's almost brawls that happen where they're in each other's faces and the pride of what that means and the pride of what that means around the stadium from the fans, the Mexican side to the U S side, to the Mexican American, to, you know, all of the whole spectrum of, of people that were in that stadium. It makes you realize just how special it is. And we're now entering a, a new era of qualifying where going down to Mexico is going to be the last time that we probably do that in a qualifier. And so I guess my, my closing thought is if you have a chance to go this is the one because the next qualifying, they want to split it into two groups. That'll likely mean the U.S. and Mexico are separated. You're not going to get the 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 the, the qualifier in in Azteca. So these are the things you want to be part of. This is the history you want to be seeing. And 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 you see a game like this. And again, you 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 maybe fans went into this thinking, yeah, but the Gold Cup is bigger because we know the Gold Cup. You see what that means now. You see what that meant to the U.S. team. You see what that loss meant to Mexico. You see what it meant to the fans in the stadium. Tata Martino being sent off, the intensity around that. It's just you can't write these kinds of things. You can only go and experience them. And once you experience them, if you if there was one thing you wanted to do to convert your non-soccer friends into a soccer fan, you take them to a U.S. US Mexico game and it'll change their life. People I know, like CBS folks across the board that haven't been to a game now that they are big and, and investing heavily into soccer went tonight. And that is going to change their whole perspective mm -hmm. on sports in general. Yeah, well said, my friend. Uh, Jimmy Conrad, final thoughts from you, my no, friend. No, I can't follow that up. What are you talking about? No, I'm done. I'm dusted. I, it, it's over. And we won the fight. And I'm excited for that. And the future's bright. And uh, that's it. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for leaving I, I, me nothing. Way, if I, I didn't, I, if I didn't, if we would have lost, I would have just completely dropped that part. But because <laughs> we, you know, it feels a little bit better. By the way, the the only thing that I'll say is at the very end of all of this, and Heath and I are heading, and we're heading back from the stadium uh, to record the pod. Was we we bumped into Josh Sargent, who was the very last person to leave the pitch, and he had the trophy, and he had no idea why he had the trophy. Like everybody had left, and he was just like running around aimlessly going, who should I give this to? Because I feel like I'm like not responsible enough to take care. So we're like, Josh, what are you doing with the trophy? And Josh was like, I have no idea what I'm doing with this. <laughs> it was a great moment, but it's a, it's a great ending. The USMNT Nations League Champions. And now 2021, and of course, most importantly, the road to 2022 looks really great. And, and we'll see what happens. So Jimmy Conrad, an absolute pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much, brother. Thank you, guys. Heath Pierce, I feel like uh, we're married now and we're going <laughs> to be divorced because we won't see each other for a while. HP, it's been an absolute pleasure. Hey, up the CONCACAF competitions. <laughs> These are incredible, man. These are the greatest things ever. Absolutely. We will see you next time. Thanks so much, everybody. Everybody, I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Que Golazo Pod. We are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, CBSSports.com, and your CBS Sports app. We have plenty more to come. We don't stop, everybody. We got the Euros to look ahead to, Copa America, and so much more. So make sure that you stay tuned with us and subscribe wherever you see Que Golazo. Have a great great beginning to your week. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.